Welcome to another Acoustic Alternatives from Grove Studios. My name is John Bomarito. Uh, Grove Studios has been the home for the podcast since the very beginning. It was their idea, in, in fact, to do a podcast once I got let go from my radio job in Ann Arbor. And I'm grateful to them for the opportunity to do it in their lovely home in Ypsilanti here. If you are a band or a solo artist or a podcaster or a DJ, in fact, we have rooms for you here that you can rent 24-7. Three in the morning, good for you? Sure, why not? You can do that via the keypad uh, uh, code that they will send to you once you pay for your room. Very inexpensive. I just showed my guest today around. She saw the two rooms that would be well-designed for her band. She's yeah. like, wow, and took pictures. And so, I did take pictures. I'm going online. I think this is quite the resource I, out here. Yeah. <laughs> Judy Baker is a new customer of Grove Studios, and Judy yes, Baker is my guest today on Acoustic Alternatives with a new album coming out, Judy, on November 4th. I don't That's have, right. I don't have That's a physical right. copy to show people, but I was no. able to uh, preview it thanks to you and uh, sending me the audio files in advance. Big show at the Ark. Is that the actual release date? Uh, the that, Yep, that's the actual release date. And uh, um, I've got it all lined up, you know, to be on streaming on all the different platforms and all that kind of thing on November 4th. And we'll have physical copies at the Ark as well. So okay, excited about that. And I don't know if there's a coincidence with the fact that it's the fourth album on the fourth. Isn't that something? And it's my birthday. Yes. Yes. Is it your fourth yeah. birthday? It is my fourth birthday. Wow. So yeah, you were born I, on a leap year. Yeah, it, like okay. a really very special leap year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, there's something about the number four here that's going on. I don't know what that is. It just occurred to me, like you said, as we're after the fact. But yep, that's there was no there was no deliberate lining up of that. Interesting. Well, I just happened to notice it, so I thought I would point it out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's going to be good. All right. So um, it's a birthday party. Will there be a birthday suit? I'm sorry. Are, are you wearing special birthday clothes? <laughs> I don't think the Ark. I think they have a dress code. Oh, okay. About that. We'll, be, well, well, then we shouldn't expect that. That would be a way to pack the seats, though. Yeah. I'll tell you. It's so. post-Halloween, so maybe people will come in their leftover Halloween costumes. Were, yeah. Yeah. There'll be some sort of celebrating. But they'll be, yeah. It's Dave Ruth's. Dave Roof, I recorded the, stu- uh, the um, album at his studio, uh, Rooftop Recording, and mm-hmm. it's his birthday the day before. Oh. The fourth is mine, and so sort of a fun coincidence, so we'll celebrate that somehow or another. And, uh, yep, and we have Annie Bacon opening for yeah, us, so we're excited about that. Recent guest on the podcast. Yeah, that she was. That's right. Recent uh, lunch uh, visit for me as well with Annie, which was nice. Oh, that's nice. Um, I had, like I said, a chance to hear the record. Thanks to you, I, I was uh, like, I felt like I was jumping around stylistically. One, a moment, I thought I was in a country record for a minute, then I was in a Bonnie Raitt record, and then for a minute I was in a Black Keys record. I'm like, make up your <laughs> no, I don't have to make up your mind. You can be whatever you want. So I, I think, <laughs> by, by definition, I think that qualifies as an Americana record because you're that's covering, right. You're covering <laughs> that, all that's the. That's what that's called. Yeah. Right, right. That um, that's what was fun about about writing the songs for this album that and just what's happening I just think for myself as a songwriter and working with the band we've been able we have found kind of a groove in terms of collaborating with um, we started it with Buffalo Motel and um, brought my son Ben on Ben Saylor on to help produce it and to kind of um, I would say sort of shake up shake things up a little bit I come from a uh, I would say pretty traditional background of folk and um, just folk music, really. And every time I write a song, or up until now, it's kind of changed now, I think, with this album. But up until 
you know, Buffalo Motel, I'd write a song and it would sound like you could sort of hear it around a campfire. Mm -hmm. It would just be, um, you know, a good, good songs, all that kind of thing. And Ben, who's grown up listening to me play and sing and stuff, had, had lots of ideas. And he's like, I really feel like we could do something different here. So I went, okay, let's give it a try. And he would show up. We would have pre-production sessions with the songs. And Ben would come in with different ideas or directions we could go or encouragement just for people to really think outside the box and play outside the box. And um, that started to happen with Buffalo Motel, and it was really fun. But I think a lot of us were kind of outside of our comfort zone in a way. Um, well, not everybody in the band. I mean, some people did it more easily than others. But uh, with this, when we got together for pre-production sessions with Bonafide, uh, that collaboration clicked in right away. And so it, I'd bring a song in, and then everybody would start kind of messing with it. And it was, um, it really, I feel like it came together with this album. And so I feel like each song has a very different personality. And as, uh, we weren't trying to go for... Um, stylistically to have them be the same it was very much sort of digging into the song what sounded the coolest mm -hmm. for each one well there are 11 new songs on the record on bonafide i didn't ask before we hit the record button do you want to do three or four today i'll do three well let's start with one now all right okay this i just have to pace myself for like where to ask you to play a song so now i know okay <laughs> <laughs> this song is called uh taciturn heart and uh it's uh, like I think number three on the album. Correct. I can verify. I didn't tell you I can't go on anymore. I didn't tell you I'm deserting. Without looking back Keeping track Of who was right and who was wrong And the truth is I didn't tell Cause I'm not feeling that strong Oh, I can hear now the words you'll be saying I can hum the tune I know that you'll sing You'll be looking back Keeping track Of who was right and who was wrong And the truth is I'm too tired to care And it feels so good to be gone turn you can't try enough cry enough to get that cold heart to burn I memorized the legend of your pain you recited to me again and again, always looking back, keeping track 
of who was right and who was wrong and the truth is i finally understand you've been running with your ghosts all along when the last leaf falls hits the ground once and for all there's no looking back keeping track there's no right or wrong and the truth is that's the way it goes and the world keeps spinning around it's a hard hard lesson to learn when you love a turn you can't try enough cry enough to get that cold heart to burn you can't plead enough bleed enough hide enough swallow your pride enough grow enough stoop low enough be good enough, do what you should not Be true enough, don't come unglued enough Pretend enough, or transcend enough You can't take enough, or break enough To get that cold heart to burn Get that cold heart to burn To get that cold heart to My guest today on Acoustic Alternatives is Judy Banker from her new album, Bonafide. That's a track called Taciturn Heart, and an album being released on November 4th with a party and concert at the Ark. A birthday party might include cake, for all we know. Jill Maybe. Jack always has cake at hers. So. Who does? Does she have cake? Jill Jack always has cake at her birthday parties at a the really Ark. A really big cake, probably. It's a pretty big cake. Wow. Yeah. Something well, to consider. I suppose. I Probably have a cake. Probably have a cake. If Jill has a cake, I have to have a cake. <laughs> Compete with your, your, yeah, exactly. your peers. Why not? Yeah, right. So not only are you uh, putting on a new album, you're teaching me new words. What does taciturn mean? Taciturn means, um, I think of it as a reluctant heart. One that's holding back, one that's kind of shut off. You know, that's not probably the dictionary definition, but it's something like that. It's where something is just turned away from you. There seems to be a lot of that on this record. A little, oh, ow, oh, ow. Out of that, <laughs> a little pain going on in the chest. I think I've, I, I, I have been mining um, relationships since I started songwriting, and uh, I started. You know, when, when I started out, it was very much simply. I, I had lost my husband suddenly, and we played music together. I, you know, we'd been married for many years. Had Ben was our son. And he died of a heart attack and um, kind of snap gone. And um, 
as we do in the society, we, we kind of encourage people to move through things quickly. Let it, leave it behind you. Come on, let's go. And I found that through writing songs, I hadn't. It was just organic. I started writing songs and kind of dealing with it to help myself deal with it and kind of put the the feelings into words because you kind of find that it's it's hard for other people to be around that pain. And um, with songwriting, I had a bully pulpit, and so. I could just say what I wanted or do what I wanted. So the first album is pretty raw. I've got some kind of little ditties on there, kind of, you know, what are upbeat songs. But the there's some just raw me crying into the microphone, basically, mm. kind of songs. And I had a show at Johnny's Speakeasy to play it, and I could barely even sing. This, you know, I had to stare at the ceiling while we performed it. But, you know, friends showed up. It was kind of, it was a really special, special, special night. And... I had no thoughts past that about what we, you know, it's like, okay, I was done. And then somehow ended up playing different things or playing at places, doing Nash Bash. And, and, and it sort of just began happening. And um, it, I, it was really gratifying. I felt like, well, that, this is a good outlet for me because... Mm-hmm. Got nothing else to make about my work, you know, right, but this right. is it. So it's a, it's a release uh, of your emotions. Exactly, exactly. So then, you know, the next album came around, Devils Never Cry, and um, that was in 2016. Without You was in 2014, yeah. And then Devils Never Cry, and <laughs> Our then. cameras here, so. <laughs> yeah. for, for oh, I see, I see. We'll the visuals. <laughs> yep, yep. There we go. Yeah, anyway. And, um, you know, the sound just kept evolving, really. And my songwriting kind of kept evolving. And um, and I hadn't even intended to do this one. After Buffalo Motel, I kind of thought, well, just that, I don't know. Where do you, I, don't, I didn't know where I would go from there. And um, this next one just kind of evolved. But it happened organically again. The whole, the whole thing has been without a plan. Um, but I, each song is really, really personal me and it's not as if all the songs about pain or whatever are about my long lost (laughs) husband it's it's about I look for like a little shade of the relationship or a shade of a relationship I'm hitting the microphone here because I started talking with my hands um but you know I have I but I write about people in my life and and about him and um, emotions also I'm on a talking jig you're gonna have to stop me I'm a therapist by day and I deal with emotions. I've, I've been dealing with people's emotions and, you know, helping them heal for decades. And it's been it's, a rough few years for a lot of people. And it's been a tough stretch for people. It's, it's, been, it's been tough for us as therapists and tough for people. And it's continuing to be tough, I think. And, mm-hmm. and I think that we're, we, don't, um, we don't teach, we don't know. I, I, I marvel sometimes because I think as human beings, we're so emotionally complex and so affected by our emotions and and don't know what to do with our emotions. And I think that causes a lot of havoc in the world and in our relationships. And so I keep I keep hoping that if I can like express a particular you know angle on a relationship or a particular kind of emotion that you have might might happen in one of my songs and it touches somebody and then gets some clarity about their own emotions or they find some other way to deal with something that that might help resolve something i don't know that would that that would be the ultimate for me 
you know. Very good. Well, thank you for doing the, the therapist work because we need people <laughs> like you out there that are willing to hear our problems. Been there, done that, not your end, my end. <laughs> Let's back up a little further to a younger you. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Manitowoc, Wisconsin, what? on the lake. It's uh, in, it's between Green Bay and Mil- I'm going to slip into my Mani- my Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, my it's between Green Bay and Milwaukee on the lake, and so I grew up on Lake Michigan, and um, it's a car ferry ride across to Ludington okay. between Manitowoc and Ludington. The car ferry goes back and forth. That was my connection to um, Jay Steelstra, who I've played music with, you know, for many years, and Jay grew up in Ludington, and so when I first met Jay through my husband John. Uh, Jay was like, I'm from Ludington. I went, well, I'm from Manitowoc. And it was like, well, we were soulmates, you know. Opposite sides of the lake. <laughs> you know how that goes. The lake, but whatever. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. Um, but I grew yeah, so I grew up in Manitowoc, Wisconsin, which was like 30, uh, 33,000 people, I think, when I was growing up. And went to high school there, lily white town, um, sort of Polish Catholic town. And we were known for having a bar and a church on every corner. Oh. You know, um, it was sort of a great place to grow up in a in a in a way. Uh, but I, um, interestingly for me, I, I you can have different kind of relationships with your parents. But my father, who was sort of maybe a, a hard person for me in my life, um, but he loved music and he had an album collection like anything you ever saw and a hi-fi stereo and played it throughout the house and. Um, so we grew up with a lot of music all the time. He had a drum set in the basement. It was mm-hmm. red, sparkling. and They'd have parties, and friends would come over, and, and he'd play the drums. Cigarette hanging from his mouth. <laughs> um, what records do you remember the most of his? That- oh, you know, he played. He had Isaac Hayes, and he had Herb Alpert. And everybody had Herb Alpert. Yeah, everybody <laughs> did, right? He had every soundtrack to every movie. Um I remember, like, the Flying Dutchman. Like, I don't, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I'm trying to think of what else. But but a lot of, like, Bossa Nova stuff, a lot of jazz. Um, not so much pop, pop music. Um, but, but jazz and R&B and um, sound, movie soundtracks. It doesn't seem to <laughs> blend with what I know your favorites were growing up because the little research tells me it was Joan Baez and Peter, Paul, and Mary. Yeah, yeah. So where did that come in? So that that's actually a good question because I think also my brother and sister, I was, I was I had an older brother. Well, I still do have an older brother and an older sister and um, you know, just a few years older. But they they... You know, I'd listen to the music they would put on. My brother would have, like, Jan and Dean and, you know, the Beach Boys mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. On the, he'd play on his stereo and in his room. And Dreaming sister, you're on a beach instead of a lake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. That California dreaming in yeah. Wisconsin. And um, my sister had Jethro Tull and, uh, um, and different people. I can't even, a wide range of, of music. So I listened to all of that and AM radio. And then somehow, that's actually a good. I don't. I can't quite remember how I tipped into Peter Paul and Mary. That was the first album I ever bought, and I don't really know. I'm sitting. Through, I don't. I can't figure out. I must have heard them on the radio, you know, because they were on the radio. If I had a hammer and yeah. like that kind of stuff, and so I just thought that was the best. And I had a guitar in seventh grade that my father picked up somewhere and brought home, and. Um, 
And so then I got the Joan Baez songbook and sat up in my bedroom and learned every song and dreamed of playing on the stage and then formed a band with my friends in, in junior high school or middle school. And we would sing um, Greenback Dollar and um, uh, what was that? There, there was a, t- a house in New Orleans, House of the Rising Sun mm-hmm. at a middle school. Yeah, that's, that's a, probably didn't know what the song was no, about. No, nobody knew what nice. it was about. It's a whorehouse, but whatever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so we had we had our band and played, and that was that was quite fun. And I kind of just went from there. And uh, then when I met my husband, so I I but I didn't do anything with it other than that kind of stuff. And then I. Um, when I met John, my husband, um, he had a strong, strong background in folk music, and his family had hung out with Pete Seeger and people like that. They mm. were progressives and communists and <laughs> all that in the Washington, D.C. area, and so I was enthralled. <laughs> it was mm. all just like, it was so cool. And uh, so then we played. I learned a lot of that music. He had Hazel and Alice and... Um, and Tom Paxton and John Prine, and I, that was my exposure to a whole other level for yeah. me. So it's just been a lot of different kind of um, music, and and I think more than anything, this last I think Bonafide kind of um, brings in some of maybe that variety a little bit of what I was exp- what's sort of been my DNA maybe just all these years. I'm somewhat surprised because of your interest in Peter, Paul, and Mary that I've never really read or heard about you being part of like a, a trio where you're doing harmonies with other people on a regular like a project that would be a side non-solo project. Is that something you've thought about doing? Um, well, I feel like I did work playing with Jay, um, with Jay Steelstra. Mm-hmm. played with him for, well, starting in uh, 2008. I think we, we performed, I'd, we had to learn all of his songs, John and I played with him. And so I did a lot of harmony with Jay. That's two people. Is there, that, is there a three people thing? Um, it was my husband was in that trio. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there we so go. We, so we did that. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's all right. I, I didn't mention it very clearly. You were Mary then. Yeah, yeah. That was. <laughs> that was <laughs> I was Mary, and Jay wrote all the songs. <laughs> very good. Very good. Well, the new album, which again isn't quite out yet, uh, November fourth is the release date at the Ark. In my opinion, and no offense to the other three, this is the best of the four. And I don't know that you feel that strongly about it. Oh, I, I feel like that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's there's like, obvious growth between this album and the last album and the album before that. Yeah. Uh, the production is is a better, like, it sounds, how do you say that, more ready for a, a national audience to be yeah. heard. It's It sounds, not, slicker isn't really what I mean, because that, that would imply commercial. No, but. I understand. I know I know exactly what you're saying. We, we paid a lot of attention to that to, like, really um, polish it up. And I don't mean it like you said, not in yeah. a slick way, but just like the the arrangements, really making sure the sound was right. And yeah, some things sound like a local album, and some things sound like they have been released everywhere. That's maybe that's the best thing I can say. Okay. This doesn't sound like a local album. This sounds like it's a a national release that is ready for consumption. There. Well, <laughs> I can go home now. Thank okay, you, bye. John. That was awesome. Thanks for tuning in. Bye bye. No. <laughs> can I quote you on that, right? <laughs> you may, if you like. Now, when I was uh, enjoying it and I had uh, I'm sent you a message prior to setting this up, I said, I already right. have a favorite lyric on the album, but I want to know what your favorite lyric on the album is. Um, oh, 
I don't know. Um, too much pressure. It is too much pressure. Too much pressure. Because there's like little pieces of the lyrics I like on each of the songs. Tell me what yours was. Well, it's something that I just felt like a lot of us can relate to who've been in relationships for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we don't say a word, we won't disagree. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's how, that's how we solve that. <laughs> now, the example I had growing up from my parents was when they fought, they were just silent, which was absolutely not a way to solve a problem. <laughs> no. But, you know, I did learn that that's not how you solve a problem. But I did I did hear that and go, Oh, that's how you do it. I yeah. remember that. Because <laughs> we're not good at communication. Some people are not. No. You know, right. <laughs> so you can love somebody and then just not be able to resolve conflicts with them. And it's almost like, just can you just be quiet? <laughs> yeah. And the second lyric that I liked was on You're Not There. I've worn a hole in my head thinking about you. Like so much. Like you're so much on my mind. It just, yeah. I, it was very visual for me when I when I got to that one too. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Bravo. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's yeah, sort of sort of what I yeah, obviously that's what I was saying earlier. That's what I hope is that it people can relate to it without yeah. it being sort of banal. Right. Well, <laughs> Bonafide is is the first track on the record and the title of the record, and I know it's also the one that uh, you're working with a, a guy I know, Jeff Appleton, who's promoting your that's record. That's right, that's and right. I see that he's he's recommending, as I would if I were in his position, recommending that track for Radio Airplay. Is that one you can do as a solo, a solo Judy track? Um, and and I do can, it justice? I can. <laughs> Are you comfortable <laughs> doing it? Let's put it that way. I, I will, I'm going to try it. I'm just going to say to anybody listening, um, um it's different on the record. It's different on the <laughs> record, exactly, exactly. Do I want to use a pick? I'll use a pick. Um. Standing in the speedway checkout line, buy a little gas and a bottle of wine. Ought to be enough fuel for Saturday night Sitting alone by candlelight Gonna numb my mind drinking that wine Gonna pull the shade till this feeling fades Kicking myself trying to hide from you I know you know I'll always be your fool If you want to be alone, come be with me. If we don't say a word, we won't disagree, disagree, disagree. We won't disagree. I start to lose it every time we fall into the same old pantomime. Our usual moves crash and burn, wasting the truth between each word. If you want to be alone, come be with me. If we don't say a word, we won't disagree, disagree, disagree. We won't disagree. 
Sometimes I'm blind, sometimes I see, sometimes I just want to be free. Sometimes you gotta pick a side to keep love bona fide. Yeah, we'll make it, we won't break it. 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 If you wanna be alone, come be with me. If we don't say a word, we won't disagree, disagree, disagree. We won't disagree. If you wanna be alone, Come be with me If we don't say a word We won't disagree, disagree, disagree We won't disagree Sometimes I'm blind, sometimes I see Sometimes I just wanna be free We won't disagree We Bonafide is the title track from the new record from Judy Banker, and it's on Acoustic Alternatives, one that she should be more confident about playing because it's just fine that way. It's beautiful. It works perfect. Don't worry about it. We had so many layers and voices on it. I know, but have some confidence that that works too. (laughs) From my perspective, it works. Uh, The Grove Studios in Ypsilanti is where we're doing this uh, podcast from. I've talked about them, uh, well, every podcast because this has been the home for almost all of them. Even when I'm not here, I talk about them. Uh, They are a great operation that musicians, DJs, and podcasters can use 24-7. It's just as simple as booking your time, your one- or two-hour slot, three hours, whatever you need. Somebody's coming in four hours right after we're here. Um, And take your time. Do what you need to do. Don't worry about your neighbors making as much noise as you want there's train tracks behind us and you know it's a warehousey kind of district no one's going to say you're too loud so get out of the garage and get into the studio here at Grove it's Studios. a beautiful studio i can vouch for that it so is it'd be a great place to record and if you enjoy what i do acoustic alternatives has been uh, an independent project of mine for a little over three years when I lost my radio job, uh, first as a furloughed member of a radio station, and, and I immediately started doing a playlist, which had a sponsor for a, a year or so. And then I lost that sponsor. I had a sponsor for some of the podcasts I've done of the 66 so far. There have been 12 sponsored by other people, a realtor and a, a, a venue. But uh, I've been trying to do it without any income coming in. And uh, you can support me on Patreon instead of uh, finding me uh, a sponsor. If you'd like, go to johnbomarito.com, click on the Acoustic Alternatives tab, and for the cost of a cup of coffee a month, one, I will send you some links to some exclusive things that uh, no one else can see or hear. It's mostly about hearing than seeing. Uh, For instance... Do you remember, did you have Kmart's near you where you grew up, Kmart mm-hmm. stores? Oh, okay. yeah. So do you remember like the little blue Kmart cassette tapes? Right. Yeah. So like you, I had a, probably a little cassette recorder. Recorder, I would record things. Do you remember the uh, Dickie Goodman records where he would interview like Mr. Jaws or Santa and the Satellite? Sure, and sure. And the songs were the answers to the questions. I did some of those as a kid, like Whoa. as a junior high school student. So I've posted two of those. As things you can hear, like a super young, like 12-year-old me using my record collection to answer songs with 
Ron LaFleur, formerly of the Detroit Tigers. And I went to the Detroit Tigers training camp as well with this interview. So if you want to hear those, you have to become a patron on Patreon. So we should know. trade seats, and I should interview you. No, no, no. It's not <laughs> that's pretty me. cool. Oh, no, no. That's, that's quite – that's very cool. So there you go. Patreon is where you'll find me there, and uh, 3 5 $10, whatever you want to do, throw it my way. I'd appreciate Support it. this guy. Yeah. Thank you. And Judy has been a support already. She always reposts my playlists, my podcasts. So I want to thank you because I need that. I need I need a little oh, bit no, more. We all do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Happy to do it. Happy to do it because, no. you know, that's how – I. I really believe in in a, a supportive community. You know that seems like why wouldn't we do that for each other? You know, right. and I, I guessed correctly on my last podcast. I recorded at Jeff Daniels' house uh, and the barn that uh, Ben runs. That I would go over five thousand listens with that one, and I did. So I was right. So nice. in the last three years, I've had five thousand people listen to the audio versions. I haven't added up the video, so I can do that another time. But anyway, people are paying attention, and I appreciate it. So back to you now. More about you. So this record we mentioned, Dave Roof recorded it for yes. you at Rooftop, um, and is the band that recorded the record also going to be on stage with you? Um, yes, everybody. We have a we have a our, we had a swap in a new drummer, Brian Williams, who um, was part of the whole recording process and pre production process. Um, uh, had to bow out of the project okay. um, for time constraints and things like that. And we have Jim Latini from the oh. Flying Latini Brothers, who's joined our band, which Very is. Nice. We had a rehearsal last night, you know, that's about maybe the, maybe we've played with Jim maybe three or four times already. And it, um, okay. so Jim will be there and the, but the rest of the band, we have John Sperandi, Dave Roof, Alan Pegliari, Tony Pace. And I'm wearing his brother-in-law's shirt right now, Tony's brother-in-law. There you are. Yeah, Adams, that's right. They, they that's look, right. They live next door to each other. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I know. They've got the family compound. Yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, they'll, they'll be all, they'll all be there and we're, um. As well as Wooly Nelson, who is our our band. Um, Wooly, not Willie. I, I, did I say it stupidly? Wooly, 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 because he's a <laughs> buffalo. He's our mascot. <laughs> he came along on the Buffalo Motel album. That's right. That's right. So we'll be dragging him along. I guess since that is the uh, thing I have in my hand, there was a question I had about uh, reading an old interview and a bit about Buffalo Trace stepping up for the CD release. How did that happen? That what? What? <laughs> that's right. What? Do what? they know who you are? I mean, that that seemed really like it was random as anything. I mean, this was just me. There were a lot of those kind of synchronicity kind of things with that with that album, but this one too actually. But um, I love those things in life. I saw Buffalo. Oh, I don't even know. I saw Buffalo Trace and I and you know online and. Thought, oh, how cool would that be? I loved their logo. They've got the Buffalo, and it goes with Buffalo Motel. And I thought, oh, what the hell? I'll, I'll email them. And I emailed the, the – the, I didn't even know the – what do you call it? The, the boss. Proprietor? The, 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 whoever owns that yeah. d- distillery. I emailed him because that was where their contact was. And I just said, I've got this CD coming out. It's called Buffalo Motel. Would you – be interested in doing some sort of something, maybe some mer- I don't know, whatever, some some bourbon, some sort of, yeah. you know, <laughs> some tie-in. And he responded right away and went, "Well, I'm really I'm kind of the executive director of this place or whatever. I'm the CEO, CEO of it. And um, but here's somebody I forgot her name, yeah. Margaret or Maggie or something like that. And she'll take care of you. And and she said, she said she emailed me back. She would. So how? All right, let's take care of you. This one's great. How would you like an 18 inch Tall brass 
buffalo statue. <laughs> I just like, have one lying around. Yes, please. I said, what? Okay, sure. How about some T-shirts? Sure. Do you want some? We've got some other merch. We've got a big bottle, like a bar. Bo- I mean, you know, just they, were, they just loaded me up. Like you were a bar. Like I was a bar. And um, and then I a few days later, I get a knock at the door. I couldn't imagine the statue. I didn't know. I, I was thinking, I had a tabletop. Yeah. She must have had the inches wrong. Anyway, uh, a guy's at the door, and he goes, I've got a flatbed truck here, and I've got uh, some pallets. with. i got to deliver. <laughs> and I'm like, is this the statue? Oh, and he's, like, hauling this big thing. It's, like, this big. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, I mean, it's like a dog. <laughs> like Jimmy. a big golden retriever. And he, he sat in my living room for the longest time. Now he's in the basement. Now he's going to come to the ark with us again. I mean, he's in the basement. It's a nice basement, whatever. Yeah. Um, but they, I can't say enough about how generous they were, That's and crazy. just for no reason. Yeah, I mean, whatever. It was great, and the ark was so cool. They loaded in but Buffalo Trace bourbon for the night, and Neat. we just did the whole tie-in. Well, I don't think we have a bona fide tie-in that we can come up with, but no, I. No. <laughs> I wish, I wish there was something that we could do for that. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 tr- I kind of looked, and it, there wasn't anything obvious, so yeah. that was too bad. Well, we talked briefly about uh, the difficult few years that all of us went through. How did you handle songwriting during the pandemic? Did it shut you down? Some people were shut yeah. down and didn't do anything. Yeah, I, I, I was. Yeah, I, I could not fathom how people were writing. I mean, I know people were writing songs. Some people a lot, and um, I, I was in such a state of, you know, there were so many levels of discombobulation around that time. Our business, you know, we had to transfer our business to because we're all therapists I have a group that I lead sort of and we had to move our practice to zoom and we were just everybody all the therapists and how we're just nobody everybody was booked we had we didn't know where to refer people it was just such a stressful weird time and was it the end of the world I didn't know what it was so I didn't I wasn't writing except for um in the summer of must have been must have been right, right after. I wrote, um, I became, I took part in a, an art project that I found out from a friend of mine who is a graphic artist, and it was called the Telephone Community Project. And it was a global project where artists of different genres took part. And the idea was that it was like the children's game of telephone where you, we each would get a, um, receive a work of art from someone in the project but we wouldn't understand there would be no explanation for it and we would have to interpret it within our own medium so um, and none of us knew what the message was none of us did and and over um, 700 I think it was close I'm gonna get the numbers wrong but easily like 90 countries were involved Mm. 700 people it was quite a lot a lot and in the end I got a I got a video we each had two weeks to complete our project. So I got a video from a woman in California that showed pictures. Of, it was sort of a beautiful but short video of scenes outside of an apartment building. And there weren't any people. It was like birds and trees and that kind of thing. And then I wrote a song based on that. I can play that one. Um, that's going to be on the album. Or it is on the album. And um, so then I sent my song in, and my song went to some other artist who then Turns out we found this all out when it, they posted. They posted the whole map of how this all worked out, including every single work of art. On a, you can find it at, uh, um, tele, wait, phone book, <laughs> phonebookgallery.com. 
and it's just it's just incredible. It's an incredible map, so well done. And anyway, my song landed with somebody else who was a graphic artist, and she sort of drew this kind of cartoon that went with the song. And I saw it at the when they did the launch, and I kind of I cried because it was like, how did she? She just sort of she got it with her. It was like this very weird that we all sort of were in sync with each other. It was a very cool, cool experiment. They're doing a whole other version of it again, but this time with academics are involved. So that'll be a different kind of a thing. This was very um, grassroots. Did you get her permission to use that uh, drawing for anything? She said I could do something with it, and I haven't yet. I I need to. I need to. The easy solution is that when you post the record online, and uh, for, for like your Judy Banker topic page on YouTube, which usually would just have the static art you right can, you can insert her picture instead right i could just do that i, and, I need to do that just be a static picture but that picture that's, yeah that's my suggestion yeah well, that would be a good idea That'd be helpful yep yeah well you <laughs> you have a multiple uh lifestyle here with music being the thing we're talking about today uh we've briefly mentioned that you're a therapist and you're helping people that way you've also founded a founded a center for eating disorders yes when did that start, and that, what was your impetus for that? I was I how let's see, I started it in 1983. It wow. was I found it. It was a long time ago, and um, it was with the encouragement of a psychiatrist who was um, who owned a clinic I was working in at that time. I um, my first job out of grad school uh, when I, I went to grad school in Pittsburgh at Duquesne University, and then moved back to Ann Arbor and for another life than I had previous, whatever. And um, my first job was with a behavior modification weight loss program on campus at the University of Michigan. And um, so I had to learn about behavior mod and blah, blah, blah. And uh, the people, students started coming in and talking about starving themselves or different kinds of eating issues. And then there were conferences, the first conferences started in the field of eating disorders, and I, would, I went to them. And so I gradually just began specializing in that area. It was just sort of something that was so intriguing to me and interesting. And um, then I worked in the psychiatric clinic, and the psychiatrist sort of saw, he was just a really supportive guy, and so he helped me get a nonprofit set up there. And then eventually um, my managed care came in, which was just a nightmare for therapists. So I bounced out of managed care and just moved the center and into downtown Ann Arbor. And we've been there ever since. So the pandemic and now we're home. But we're still we still have a footprint downtown with there's a place called the New Center in Ann Arbor. Yeah, I know where that is. So um, it's a it's a collaborative of nonprofits and they help nonprofits and there's a lot of them who are located in the New Center. You can be an affiliate, which is what we are, and we can use the space and it's a shared office. Yeah, it's space a footprint. It's yeah, exactly. It's sort of something we. So we're still sort of part of the downtown area. Um, yeah, and so we've been going strong since then. That's cool. Thanks for doing that as well. You're. You're doing lots of good things for people, helping, <laughs> helping people in lots of different ways. Oh, thank you. That thanks. I yeah, mean, we we try. I mean, we have a great group of clinicians working with us, and we keep trying. I mean, no matter no matter what, when your your legacy left behind will be that you helped people, right? I mean, that's going to be part yeah, of it, it, what it, people uh, say about you when you're gone. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's a good thing. Not gonna work. 
So, well, we're all going to knock go. on fiberglass, whatever this what is. is. Yeah, I don't know what this is. It's something weird. <laughs> so when you're writing songs, do you have to write about your life or do you, are, I mean, not that you would ever name your patients, but do you ever incorporate your patients' lives into them? I am sure that I do. I, I don't, I can't think of a song in particular that was, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that I do. I can't fathom that I wouldn't because I think sort of, sort of the emotions that I might struggle with are the same ones that they struggle with. And so that even if I pick a struggle of my own, their stories are going to be informing how I write about it or the even the words some of them use. Um, I can't think of one particular, but but I, yeah, I, I think... Yeah, I, I think I, it's worked in somehow. Absolutely, yeah. I can't think of an example, and I probably wouldn't want to even say it. But yeah, um, yeah but I, but it's it that that work that struggle with emotions and the the emotions that we we all find problematic um, come up in my songs. If I were searching for a psychiatrist, is there like a specialty that you come up in? If I'm like, I have trouble with this, is there like, if people are looking for one, is there? Sure. If you, if you're looking for, I mean, if you have, I mean, like the specific, if you have anorexia or bulimia or binge eating disorder or anything related, body image issues. Um, um, that's we, how people find you. That's how they find us, yeah. You in and particular. E- yeah, in particular. <laughs> and eating disorders. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I was reading. Oh, I already I mentioned that <laughs> your son produced the new record too. Since there, uh, at this point, no artwork for me to read. No, <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't pick up the flip it over and look at the, oh <laughs> the devil. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Ben. Ben produced this one too, and and he, I, which which what you're referring to is like devils never cry was drawn from a something Ben said when he was like four years old. He used to like to draw devils. He, he, he's he's a good artist and he would draw devils of all types and apparently he was a devil expert because one day he just looked up at me while he was drawing and he went mommy devils never ever cry even when you sing happy songs and I'm like okay oh, and I went that's you know the use of paradox devils like this is <laughs> yeah I wrote that down I did and then you know in 2016 he's a 30 years old or whatever he was at that point, um, I thought, oh, I'll write a song about that. And I did. And we have the album called Devils Never Cry. And, uh, and Ben's picture, one of his drawings, isn't it? <laughs> is he a producer by, is that like his day job? Does he produce? No, he just does it for Oh, you know for you. what? You know what? I, that's not fair because he's one of these people that you can't pigeonhole. <laughs> Um, you probably like know you. about that, <laughs> or maybe you got a few. Know. You got a few things going on. <laughs> yeah, but he, yeah, he, he does. He does. He, he, I was just thinking he's been, he's been he, a friend of his, recorded an album, of her own writing, um, in her car, in parking lots on her like phone and on a laptop and like whatever that kind of thing where like she didn't have a studio, nothing, yeah. and Ben has taught himself how to he. He mixed and mastered her her recordings, and it's just great. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a treat watching that, and and he's he's been he's a wonderful inspiration for me. Nice. You know, yeah, it's wonderful. I know over your career you've done some national touring, playing outside of Michigan. I know lots of your gigs are here because this is where you work. Yeah, this is where your yeah, day yeah. job. But how do you find time for tours with your day job, and do you have one planned for the new record? I don't have one plan for the new record. I, I kind of, um, 
I mean, talk about an effect of the pandemic. Yeah. It's like I, I kind of grounded myself. The charm of flying doesn't, I don't know, nah. you know. Um, but I, as, as all things that I do, I just stumble through everything. So I figure something was going to come from this album mm-hmm. somehow, and I'll, I'll get some stuff set up, but I don't have anything formal planned. Yeah. You just like take two weeks off and go drive out to Idaho or whatever. Right, right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's that's exactly. been your previous experience with touring. Just, oh, yeah. I got time off anyway. I'll just use it for tour. Not really time <laughs> off, but it's sort of a vacation. It is. Oh, it's no, no. My, my dream would be to get in the car and just drive out west and play at little bars along the way. People do that all the time, well, I know. Sure. But, you know, it'd be so fun. Some people have to have their day jobs to pay the bills, though. That's right. That, if, I'm, I'm one of them. And if you live in Ann Arbor, you definitely you got to pay the bills. When you're uh, playing shows, I know sometimes you do solo shows. Do you prefer solo, band, trio, duo? What is your like ideal, uh, most your most comfortable configuration? Most comfortable is the trio or the band. Okay. And um, and I think. It's it's sort of I can blend, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can blend more easily, um, but I I love I love songwriter and the round things too. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think I think that's what I love about music so much is that um, there's always a way, you know. So if the band's not available, or we can't do a band show, or if the trio's not available or something, I can do something solo and. There's something really cool about each one of those kinds of things, but playing with the band and, or playing with the trio is just with somebody else who's playing off of you and we're singing harmonies. I, it's like that's heaven to me. So musician, psychiatrist, psychologist, whatever, same thing almost, right? Close enough for people who can't remember the difference between yeah, the two. Yeah, it starts with a P. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, founder of a, a, a nonprofit for eating disorders. Oh, and by the way, a photographer who's excellent. If you go to her website, judybanker.com, there's a tab for your photography, and that's, there's some, wow, amazing work on there. Thank you. Yeah. That's a pandemic gift. Yeah. It is, Is that yeah. when you started doing that? Yep, that's exactly, yeah. I I didn't know how beautiful it was. You know, I, I would, I, that around us, I had, I mean, I, you know what I'm saying, I, you, you, yeah. Michigan's beautiful. Um, but I would, during the, the very, especially the whole, my clients call it the deep COVID, you know, where we were all locked all down, like that, yeah. you know, right? Um, I would just, I would go out and walk around lakes and drive out west of town, which is um, within 10 minutes, you're in country. It's just the country. It's farmland and dirt roads and meandering paths and things like that. And I'd drive out there and I would see just these incredible scenes. And I would, I just started taking pictures with my iPhone. And they would turn out, and I'd come home and mess with them. And I swear to God, three years straight of that, just I would just that was how I occupied my time. I couldn't believe it. I was in heaven. That was it's just me and I mean, I can't, I get so excited. I don't, I can't, even now, I I always check the sky at night and go, I don't know if it, you know, is the light going to be right? Nah, and then I just go watch TV or something. Well, that we're a couple of weeks away from the CD release show at the Ark, and I gave the suggestion to actually two previous guests, and I'm going to give it to you as well. PuzzleU.com. Take a couple of your best pictures, turn them into puzzles, and they'll turn them around like that. Because I've done this for my current job, uh, they, you can have them real quickly and make a puzzle that you can sell as merch of your artwork. Oh, 
puzzleu.com. Do it. I will check. You don't have out. to, but it's just it's an extra merch item. I know that musicians aren't making a lot of money from their sales of records and streams, and ticket sales aren't that great either. If you need a merch item that's really cool and unique, I think it's a pretty cool oh, item. It would have been better. Good idea. During the pandemic, when we were locked in, it was more of a thing. But winter, <laughs> right. winter is coming, so winter you're going to be stuck coming. inside. So little gift. Find a couple of your favorite photos that you think would make really nice puzzles, have them printed, and then sell them at the show for a profit. I could, I could do that. I, I, I am selling some prints at the show. Um, I have a collection of maybe ten or twelve. I have to make, narrow it down. But my, my goal was. Uh, everything has everything has to mean something to me, and um, I wanted. I love those areas out there, and those, the, the pictures. I I call it my Dancer Road series because that's the Jerusalem Road Dancer Road area um, is where I take a lot of the fo- pictures. And the Michigan League of Conservation Voters does a lot of work in Michigan to preserve air, water, and our land. And um, so I'm going to sell some of my prints. I learned how to mat them mm-hmm. and how to sell some of my prints and give some of the bro- proceeds to the Michigan League of nice. Conservation Voters and keep that area pure out there, you know? Sounds like a cricket's in here. I was wondering if that was your phone. It's not. Anyway, no. there's a cricket in here. There's a cricket. <laughs> Does it go with the next song you're playing? Because it's time for a song. <laughs> okay. I'll sing, I'll sing that song I, the, that I did with the telephone community thing. Okay. What's the title of that one? After It Ends. Crickets Are Coming. This, yeah, and the cricket, that sort of, it, it suits it. It's an outdoor campfire song with crickets. We just need an actual campfire. <laughs> Judy Banker is my guest today on Acoustic Alternatives. New album, November 4th, uh, through her website, judybanker.com. Will it be available on CD or any other media or just it'll digitally? Be, uh, it'll be available uh, in CD and um, in CD form, and um, it'll be on all streaming platforms. Very good. So. Outside my window I heard some talking to people On the sidewalk below The chair is squeaking, sorry He said, what were you thinking? She said, I wasn't thinking, he said, I don't think I love you anymore. He took off walking. She sat down crying on the stone step by the door. Probably wondering why, probably wanting to die. I've been there a time or two wondering what to do to pick up the 
pieces of a life all in pieces A bird on a branch woke from his rest to sing her his sweet melody the breeze stirred the leaves and whispered harmony she lifted her chin from her chest I picked a rose from the vine that grows up the side of the wall by my windowsill it slipped from my hand Sailed down to land at her feet And she looked up at me And I said I've been there a time or two Wondering what to do To pick up the pieces of a life all in pieces And we smiled at each other Cause we're both survivors of these days in a world that has come to an end underneath a tree where a sweet bird sings and the breeze blows harmony and roses fall at your feet campfire version of After It Ends because it's complete with crickets. <laughs> Judy Baker's my guest today on Acoustic Alternatives and Judy's got a new record coming as, as we've mentioned on November 4th called Bonafide Party and CD release show at the Ark with Annie Bacon opening Yay, the show. Annie Bacon, she's fantastic. She is. So excited. A couple more questions before we wrap this up. Um, not many can brag this but you've essentially written a song with Pete Seeger in your lifetime. Tell me about that. I did that's another one of those stumbling like my, how did that happen yeah that happened i um the uh, at the arc uh, there were before the pandemic there were annual pete seeger birthday yeah. benefit concerts and um which i'm, I'm going to take charge of that this year get that going again in may that's going to happen cool. so um but the last one um we it, there'd be a, a bunch of artists and everybody would sing a song of Pete's or a song we, that Pete might have sung that kind of thing, and um, I wanted to do something with um, "Blessed Be the Nation," which is a poem Pete wrote with Jim Musselman in 1964. Studs Terkel recorded it on "Where Have All the Flowers Gone?" I think an album that Pete recorded, and it was a recitation, and I had heard that years ago and was a really powerful piece and um and I thought 
Well, let me put that to music. So I set it to music, and I played that at the arc, and it, there was a, like a little ooh part where you sing along, and it went over really well. It was great. And uh, great, done, done. I did play it with Billy King and Emily Slomovitz, and it was nice. And then I was in the hall afterward, and a woman came up to me, and she said, you need to record that song, and you need to have it on YouTube so people can download it so you can get out there. Um, and I, I know that you need the family's permission to do that, but I know the family, so let me put you in touch with Tanya Seeger, Pete's oh, daughter. Gee, okay. And I went, oh, okay, yes, ma'am, I'll do that for sure. And sure enough, she put me in touch with Tanya Seeger, and Tanya, you know, her. I, I'm nobody. I'm, I'm not even like, you know, you know, like a Chris Buhalis type who's like known for being a troubadour. Of, you know, played folk. Woody Fest. He's played Woody Texas, Fest, whatever. all that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. stuff, that kind of thing. I'm thinking, what? and so Tinia, right, rightfully so, was cautious. And, you know, I, I record, so I recorded it at Dave Roof's. I recorded a rough recording of it and sent it to her. And she was like, hmm, okay, you know, uh, let me let me check with the family. Let me do this, do that. Can you change this? Can you change that about it? Um, sure, whatever. And I did. It was it wasn't it was anything substantial. Recorded again and um, sent her the final thing, and they she got the permission from the family estate, and she said, "Yeah, you have exclusive rights, and that's it." But you know, it's it's I, I said this is a free download. This is not me making money off your dad. Nothing. Um, and that's so. That's that. That's cool. Yeah. That's a good story. Yeah. It's a resume builder too. <laughs> put <laughs> right. it on the put it on the bio. <laughs> I wrote a song, a song with Pete, Pete Seeger. Yeah. Finally uh, coming up uh, at least in theaters here in in Michigan and uh, previously oh on stage. God. Yes. The North Country Opera Forty Year. Tell me about your involvement with that as well. I was the music director of North Country Opera, the 40th anniversary <laughs> tour. Were you um, there for the first one? I the I original, saw the first one. Okay, I saw it. I didn't. I wasn't involved in it. Uh, and I know the people that played in it and all the, all through the years. And of course, Jay. I really close to Jay. Yeah. And uh, you know, somebody had the Dan McCarthy, one of the producers, had the idea. We should we should re- reincarnate the North Country Opera, and it just sounded like so much work. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, Dan, we shouldn't do that. But he kept persisting. And next thing we know. Got Brad Phillips playing you know, the lead, Michael the lead, and Rochelle Clark playing Sari, and every and the cast. A lot of the cast came back. Jay's son played in it. He played um, one of the main characters, and mm. we were rehearsing it here in Ipsy at the Riverside Arts Center, and um, we had a tour up north, and I don't know five or six different performances, something like that, and um, really sold out most places which we never expect it was just people just loved it it was just great and I, my job was to um i composed an overture or com- i compiled an overture whatever jay wrote the songs but i put them together mm-hmm. brought a band together we had um, um grant flick and uh, charlie reichel and dave roof and me you know in the, in the band and, and i had a just at every rehearsal with my guitar. There was one day, seven hours, playing oh, my wow. guitar while people sang their songs <laughs> for the production. Theater life, wow. <laughs> and uh, that was, you know, I was talking to Rochelle the other day. We were at the Ark together for another thing, and, and just we were, it was a lot of work, and, and, but we, we, had such, we have such fond memories of it. So it's coming to the Michigan Theater in, in a DVD form. It's going to be on, on the big screen. We've got a really good recording of it. Um, Do you know and, the date? Huh? Do you remember the date? Oh, yes, yeah, November 13th, okay. Monday. Okay. 
November 13th at the Michigan Theater, and you get, t- get tickets at the door, or you could just go to michigantheater.com and get tickets. Mishtheater.org, actually. Oh, mishtheater.org. Thank you. I can't remember if it's R-E or E-R, though, for theater. I always think it's R-E. I think it's R-E. I think, I think, I think. Well, Judy, thank you for sharing your stories and your songs with me and visiting with me and giving me a chance to hear Bonafide before most people. Yeah, I'm sure a few people <laughs> heard it, first. too. Yeah. One of the first. And uh, I wish you good luck at the, the CD release show, your birthday party, where there will not be a birthday suit involved. <laughs> and then thearc.org for information about tickets, judybanker.com. You got your own name.com. That's easy. That's great. Yeah, I know. That, that was score. Right? I know. And... Uh, for more information about that, please look there. And if you want to support me, as I mentioned, giantbomberito.com, Acoustic Alternatives tab, bottom of that page says Patreon. Click on that. Grove Studios, thanks to them for being a great host of the podcast. Grove Studios has a spot for you. If you're a musician, podcaster, DJ, you want to be loud, you don't want to disturb your neighbors, please come on by, check them out. They've been uh, so good to me. And uh, you find the videos that I put together of these first on their channel before they even come to my channel. So... They're the host for that. So good luck to you on the new record, Judy. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. You bet. Future guests include Adam Palmeritas, whose shirt's on where we're going to talk about his new EP, which is coming out December 1st. Uh, that'll be in November sometime. There might be another one in between there if she has time for me while she's in town. A previous guest who has changed her name, and I will leave it at that. So uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>